It's Tuesday, and this is the Ramsey Call of the Day, part of the Ramsey Network. Joining me today is Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney. Thomas in San Diego starts off this hour. Hey, Thomas, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. How can we help you? So I actually have, well, I have lots of questions, but today my question (laughs) is for Dr. John. Bring them all on, Um, Thomas. So a couple months ago, a friend of mine, a good friend, he was working for his dad, living with his parents, and something happened. It wasn't entirely his fault, um, but his dad kicked him out and fired him. Um, He was not in a good situation. And last Wednesday, one of his best friends died in a car accident. And so he's 19. He doesn't have a job right now. He's staying with his friends. And I, you know, I've been trying to encourage him, um, you know, offered him a place to stay. I am just wondering how long I should wait to talk to him about, you know, finding a job and kind of getting his life back on track. How old are you? I'm 18. Okay. What are you doing these days, ma'am? Um, I'm actually a welder. I make about $50,000 a year. I just got engaged, so I should be getting married next year. Wow. Um, and, yeah. Well, you're a good friend, man. You're doing good, and he's lucky to have you. Um, so here, here's my experience and thoughts on this, and I'd love to hear Dave's too. The unfortunate thing about grief is... Um, Kessler says it's like a, a fingerprint. Everybody does it differently. And so really the, the greatest gift you can give someone who's grieving the loss of a friend is your presence. What we often try to do is make ourselves feel more comfortable in that silence, that uh, that just in that darkness. And we try to give a bunch of advice and you should be doing this and here's how you should be feeling. And really, man, people just need us to show up. As he says, uh, grief demands a witness. You got to have people around you. Um, what I've found is that people will invite you in when you show up, meaning they will eventually, at some point, usually sooner rather than later, turn to you and say, hey, what, what, what do I do now? And when you get invited into that conversation is when I'd love you to come work for me or I've got a spot for you. Or, I know a buddy who's got a restaurant. You can get a part-time gig or something. Running at somebody who's hurting, especially their friend just died the other day and saying, well, you need to, you need to, you need to. I haven't found that to be super successful. Even though you know man, just laying around the house is going to be hard. Grief just looks ugly and messy and different for everybody. Now, if you look up and it's six months and it's a year and he's couch surfing and he's losing weight or gaining weight, that's when a group of friends will get together and say, hey, we're worried about you. Um, We're really struggling to to, to know how to love you. What do you need from us? Um, But right now, fresh off the back of something, I would show up and um, be a presence with him. What do you think, Dave? All right. Yeah, we call that um, the ministry of presence. And uh, the last thing you do is you quote some pithy saying uh, or some Bible verse. I want you to just go sit and don't say a freaking word. Bring tacos. Yeah, bring donuts. Yeah. Chocolate covered. And uh, they're good for grief, and um, and they're good for you sitting there quiet too, because you got something in your mouth. Yeah, just keep shoving them in, man. Yeah, yeah. keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And um, then, then uh, if he asks a question, I would just turn it back on him. I wouldn't even answer his question. What do you think I ought to do? What do you think you ought to do? Yeah. You think I ought to get a job? 
You think you ought to get a job? Just yeah. turn it back on him because he already knows the answer. So this kid's got, this young man has more than just grief from the loss of his friend. He's also really pissed off at his dad. Right. Yeah. And hurt about all of that. So he's got like stuff upon stuff right now. So again, yeah. just hanging out and bring tacos, bring donuts and that kind of stuff. I completely agree with John. Um, now, here's the necessity thing, too. He also doesn't have the luxury of doing nothing right. financially for a long period of time. And sometimes the faster you engage in some activities, not to mask over your grief, but to get over yourself and realize this whole thing may not be all about you, uh, the faster you get on with it is uh, and go get a job, it gives you something to do and keeps your mind busy a little bit. And that's not to not go through the proper grieving process, but, uh, I mean, what if he'd had a job? And his friend died. Well, he can't quit his job and sit and cry. He's going to keep working and still go through the grieving process. So, by the way, he could go get a job, and really it would help him right now because it give him one less thing to worry about because he's also sitting around worried about where he's going to live and how he's going to eat because his dad booted him out. And yeah. um, self-preservation is starting in or in, it, to enter into this. Like when we went broke, John lost everything. They were like um, – you know, uh, you know what you do after bankruptcy is <laughs> work. You got to. I didn't right? have a choice. I got two little babies. I got to get the dadgum lights on. Yeah. You know, I got to. I got. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have time to sit around and think about what was going on. I just had to. I had to make some money. Yeah. Right. And, and there's something about those little wins that are so critical. Well, right. you start. You build your confidence. You right. build. Uh, you can begin to work through that. Um, a, it's not all about you, and B, um, you know, you didn't cause it all, or what? I mean, you begin to, you can, you, you can, you, you still can process the psychology of it uh, in action while you're in act, while you're mo- in movement. Yeah. yeah, but there's those moments when you just your feet feel like they've been encased in concrete. Yep, and you, yep. yeah, and what you need more than anything is I love it. No, nothing that could be knitted on a pillow. Yes. I just need you to sit with me, yes, man. I can give you three scriptures to never use. Yeah, just sit with me. And never use them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever, ever. Ever. In that situation. No, right. you know, I can just don't, don't, these are not, everybody wants to quote that it's going to be okay, because they want you to be okay. It, they it, mean well, but it's just, uh, God, Looking uh, for silver linings isn't the point. They emerge over time. Yeah. After. Don't, please don't tell me how this is all going to work out. Yeah. No, 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 no. I need you just to sit and hurt with me. Thomas, he is um, really fortunate to have you in his life. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Um, he's 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 blessed to have you. Just sit and show yeah. up and be awkward. And so, John, and entering into this, give me fifteen seconds on this. One of the antidotes for depression is activity. You're right. Purposeful activity. Yeah. So to not fall into depression as a result of all these things happening to this guy. Yeah. Some activity is not bad. Sometimes it's as simple as getting up and brushing your teeth and going back to bed. Sometimes it's and it's it's you work towards it, but yeah, find people going around to work. You. Sometimes, Sometimes it's, it's going to work. Regime. That's exactly but right. Activity is better than inactivity. Almost ninety nine, almost one hundred percent of the time. There we go. Thanks for tuning in to the Ramsey Call of the Day. To check out all of our podcasts, just search Ramsey Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.